0: Welcome to another episode of On Farm. This one starts with me at home homeschooling my two daughters. So, girls, how do you think it would be to make butter using cream? Yeah, we shake it for 10 minutes and then it kind of turns into butter. Well, hopefully we'll find out, won't we? And that's because we were following a recipe from Rhett's website. That's the Royal Highland Education Trust, who have been working hard and extremely quickly over the last 10 or 11 weeks of this lockdown summer to make many of their online resources available to parents and families and teachers uh, for homeschooling efforts. What we first of all need is two jars, one for each of you, yeah? yeah, 50 milliliters of cream, a little dash of water 10 millilitres it says well my jug doesn't even measure 10 millilitres so we'll have to slightly guess keep your hand on the lid so that it doesn't fly off and then shake it we do have to shake for a long time 10 minutes it says <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't even gone
0: for one yet have we no. well, we're making butter so yeah. so we
2: can eat it all someone else
0: Yes. What do you like eating butter on?
2: Uh, wraps, toast.
0: Toast, yes. The work of Rhett is the subject of this, the third episode in our summer series of on-farm podcasts in partnership with the Royal Highland and Agricultural Society of Scotland. Rhett is the society's educational charity. Right, that's the toast popped. There we are.
2: There's your first bit, honour. Thank you. Thank you
0: you. Yeah. What do you think? That is the best butter I have ever tasted. <laughs> do you really mean that?
2: Yeah. Wow. I say what I mean and I mean what I say.
0: Yeah, cheeky six-year-old there. So I, I am now joined and listening to that clip. But, and actually, it's funny because I hate listening to the sound of my own voice back. But um, listening to that clip with Katrina Barkley, who is the, the executive officer of RET. So welcome, Katrina. Thank you very much for joining us.
3: Hi, Anna. Good to see you. Now,
0: we're in kind of strange times. Rhett spends a lot of its time during normal life, um, getting children out onto farms. But obviously that can't happen at the moment because we're in the middle of of COVID lockdown. So how has Rhett responded to to what's been happening over the last 10 or so weeks?
3: I think like many of us, uh, we're working from home now and we're exploring and utilising all that is the wonderful life of online uh, we've always had a, a pretty dynamic website, might be slightly biased there, but um, we've really been concentrating on what our audience can still be engaging with. And we've been able to expand and explore what we already have on our website and what we can add to it during this time.
0: So you're, you have a daughter who you're homeschooling at the moment. I've got two daughters homeschooling. We're both trying to juggle work. There are hundreds of thousands of families like us out there trying to juggle everything and homeschool. Have you been hearing lots of, of great stories about some of them and how they're learning about food in the countryside and engaging with some of your resources?
3: Yeah, I think one of the sort of activities we're hearing a lot of people doing, doesn't matter if they're homeschooling or if they're on their own, is a lot of baking, a lot of cooking going on. There's a a Facebook page that we set up at the start of lockdown called the Rhett Elevenses Group. And on there we have a suggestion of an activity which is looking at what are you making? And it's a smoothie in the case of the post on the Elevenses Group. And where have the ingredients come
1: from? So the first thing we added was porridge oats. So I popped some porridge oats in my pot. Now these, we grow them on the farm here where I live, but they have to go away to be processed. So it's a hundred miles for the oats. How far
3: have they travelled? Do we grow them in Scotland? If we don't grow them in Scotland, why not?
1: Then I added some some apple juice. Now the apple juice here, it comes from France. So the apple juice has travelled 900 miles. Then I added one of my favourite fruits, a banana. So you can
3: start looking at climate, geography, soil type rainfall you name it.
0: Yeah so, so I suppose in many senses things are different but actually the resources in many cases I'm, I'm presuming were there already and you're just making sure that they're fit for purpose for people to be able to engage with them at, at home is that would that be true to say?
3: Absolutely and what we've been trying to do as best we can is make them a bit more accessible so if you understand the curriculum, then that's fantastic. You can go onto the resource portal and look at all the learning outcomes and the codes and the lettering that's on there. However, what we've, we've done is we've extracted some of that content and made them into some fact sheets. So just earlier on this month, we posted up an activity on making an omelette.
1: So a good grind of black pepper like this. Oh, you can hear the spinach cooking now. Take a fork and you just put it up.
3: Although it's called Making an Omelette, there's also a link back there to the curriculum. They can uh, see that, that there's a connection back to to the learning outcomes. But we've also created some new content. So, yes, there's lots already on the resource portal. There's lots already on our website. But what we found is that we can manage to pull other resources from other partners other industry bodies so like the SSPCA for example have a great game all about pets Uh, yeah Yeah, absolutely so it's not just what we produce because we just don't have the the manpower and capacity to produce a lot of this so we take that conscious step to find and source other organisations like Quality Meat Scotland who do some fantastic recipe choices for people that they can you know, affordably make at home and, and they can talk about the nutrition and they can talk about the, the sourcing of the ingredients. So it's not just RET that are creating a lot of this. We're doing a lot of signposting. I think that's the official term we give it.
0: So I suppose it's it's instead of reinventing the wheel, you work with other organisations who've got valuable resources and you all pull together and, and make sure that you're then putting together you know, a whole stream of content that's suitable for parents and teachers by the sound of it as well.
3: What we do is we put the ask out, would you mind terribly if we shared this? And we're really lucky to say most people say yes.
0: So I think we could probably talk all day actually about the different resources that are online that that parents and teachers can use. I know you've mentioned soils and my girls and I were digging up earthworms and learning about them and we were digging up clover and looking about that and there's all of that stuff on the website um but we'll move away from that just for the time being we're actually going to go to hear from a family who live in edinburgh they do have farming connections but they live in edinburgh and they're just going to talk to us really about why they're so enthusiastic about ret and why they do an awful lot actually to to, to spread the words
4: this is the dunlop family uh, i'm gerson dunlop and susan's here along with her children Hugh and Finlay and Rosie. Still in the middle of lockdown, obviously. I've taken a bit of a break from working upstairs to come down to have a word about uh, Rhett. My father was uh, very involved with the Highland Show for many years, and he was still involved with the show when Rhett was formed. Since then, my, my father, who's a retired farmer, he's been very involved with Rhett, to some extent nationally, but very much locally down in Dumfries and Galloway. And Susan's sister has also been very involved in in and Galloway in organising various events for RET. And we've a whole lot of friends and family all across the country who have organised events and, and hosted events. So RET's something of, uh, in which we've always been very interested as a family.
1: Well, you guys are always in, trying to encourage your friends to go to the Highland Show, aren't you? Yeah. And specifically to the to the RET area, because we know that there'll be enough... Things even for non-farming children, you know the way that they have their cooking demonstrations and what else do you like doing in the right time? Well,
2: I love doing the activities they have there, especially when you get to um, make your own smoothie and the when the you the when when and the scones too. When you, the smoothie bikes, I love I love doing that and the scones. I we always do that and one time we even went for two. We went for two shots in a row at the one day and. <laughs> It was very good.
0: I got a. I won the Healthy Eating Awards. How many years ago was it now?
1: Two years ago at the Red Tent. Two years
0: ago at the Red Tent.
1: So it was lots of things that could possibly go in your lunchbox, ranging from what was maybe the worst thing? A bar of dairy milk, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then all sorts of sandwiches or pizzas.
4: And Um, then fruit
1: and crisps. And and yogurt. Yogurt. I don't like yogurt, though. They were trying to just get lots of children To. to. decide what would go in a a lunchbox and it still looked like a good lunchbox didn't it Finlay but it was it was healthy and it was Scottish. And
0: And also to try and eat as much healthy food as you can produced by um, Scottish farmers and makers so.
1: To see it sort of presented to them in such a fun way and to see that choices are available to to everybody but that making wise choices.
4: I think it's great. Susan and I both grew up in rural Devries and Galloway and we grew up with farms round about us, but I think it's amazing the work that Rhett does in getting city kids out to to farms and see and and be exposed to how farms work. It's so so important that kids get out to farms to see where the the food on their plate comes from and that's exactly what Rhett's doing and we're we're huge supporters of that.
0: So, Katrina, I, I suppose a few kind of topics in there, but the one that really stood out for me was about food and and healthy choices and you know we see it on the tv and we speak about it but actually it's really got to be i think the children who develop an understanding about this so uh, can you maybe elaborate a bit on what susan was saying and, and the, some of the work you do on on healthy
3: food yeah we would use the Uh, the Eat Well Guide that's been put together that shows the the balance of what you should have on your plate more or less of depending on the food group. Our job I suppose if you like is to make that as fun as we can so we heard in the clip there that they were having quite a good good time making up that uh, snack picnic. The fact that Rhett tries to make sure that the information is impartial but it's the facts is so important to making sure children understand what food can mean to them.
0: Absolutely, and, and Finley, who uh, I think is seven or eight years old, I think he very astutely mentioned as well not just the healthy aspect of it, but the fact that for him it's important that he's eating Scottish food in his his lunchbox. So that'll be another part of what you do as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the. The labeling side of food can open up so much opportunities to to discover and learn in the classroom. you can do it as a consumer going around the shop and understanding what to look for on packaging is one way of getting people to start the conversation around well if it's not if it 's not Scottish, why is it not Scottish? Is it not in season in Scotland or is it just not available right now? So we work with farmers and growers across the length and breadth of Scotland and their passion about what they produce, what they grow, what they rear and look after is really evident when they work with Rett. And we're just blown away by the, their enthusiasm. I mean, I come from a farming background and I thought I knew quite a bit about farming, studied a little bit at university in, in organic farming. But I tell you, when I go on farm visits, I still continue to learn so much more about the different approaches to farming, the different techniques and, and the technology. So when it comes to food provenance, it's always moving, it's always developing. And I think that's what's exciting about working in such an industry where it's always going to be at the cutting edge of technology.
0: One of the things I've loved about following Rhett on social media during the last 10 or so weeks um, is actually the way in which children are helping to to, to teach other children you know you 've got some brilliant brothers and sisters and, and other children who've been making their own videos about life on their farm and you've been posting them up to your social media and it gives other children who maybe live in the city centre or don't have the opportunity to visit farm to kind of learn from the horse's mouth and I wonder myself as well if maybe the information goes in a bit more readily if it's
3: if it's coming from from children presenters oh absolutely 100% I know when we were watching uh, one of the the live stream videos from the lambing field the other day and I said to my daughter oh do you want to come and have a look at what they're doing and she kind of glanced at the screen and then she clocked somebody wearing a, a size of a boiler suit that she would wear and was glued to the screen.
0: We've actually my daughter's the only child in her class that that comes from a farming background so the teacher's been asking us actually to supplement her rep resources that she use, uses with some of our own videos so we've we've in fact it was part of today's work that they got sent home today and it, so we, we sent one in about our hens and one about fertilizing the field and uh and the kids seem to be really enjoying it so um and honor loves it too obviously because then she gets to be the center of attention talking about her daddy's farm so uh everybody's happy um but we've got we've now going to hear again from from susan and Grace and dunlop because um, they're obviously they've got a long association with Brett. um And they live in an urban area. So they've got some quite interesting observations, I think, about uh, sort of the urban-rural dynamic and and how that works uh, in terms of educating children about farming in the countryside.
1: I think there's still a bit of resistance from city centre, non-farming teachers or teachers that don't have a farming connection to to still use that resource. When I compare certainly to Dumfries and Galloway, where certainly my, my niece's who need access to a rural farm place because they're living in rural Dumfries and Galloway, those teachers are using the resources more than the city centre ones are?
0: That's a a challenge I guess. Brett does a huge amount with very limited resources, but how do you think we we can all and by all I mean the whole rural community How can we all work together to to give RET an even greater foothold in in urban schools where arguably the children need that learning even more?
3: I think the the quickest answer is we need as many volunteer speakers as possible to help us go into these urban schools in the first instance because sometimes the logistics are the biggest hurdle. So if you're in a school in a built-up urban area, it's going to take you over an hour to get to the city boundary and then another hour potentially to get to a farm. So if you think about that in the, the daytime of a, a teacher trying to plan their lesson, that's a, a huge chunk of that sitting on a bus. If we can actually have um, the opportunity to get a farmer or a speaker, somebody who's passionate about food and farming in Scotland to go into that school in the first instance to trigger a bit of interest, we can then follow that up with maybe a food and farming event that they could be a bit closer to to getting
2: uh,
3: access to, or do a growing project, or maybe even actually get them out to a farm. So if people are interested and feel that they would like to find out more, then we have coordinators the length and breadth of Scotland who can tell you what's happening locally. And you don't have to be a teacher to be a classroom speaker. You have got so much knowledge about what's happening on your farm or where you grow things, maybe at home. But it's that passion and enthusiasm that's actually a key to getting that sort of trigger of interest, if you like, from the pupils and the teachers themselves.
0: I wonder as well if the misfortune of Covid-19 and lockdown might actually work to a degree in our favour here because viewing and using online resources has become much more part of normality. And if you could use those online resources as the trigger to get the interest, that doesn't require the teacher to go anywhere because they can get it all online but it it then might just sow that seed excuse the, the the food pun sow the seed that makes them think right well actually now that bus trip when when we're out of lockdown that bus trip is now totally worth it because through the online resources i've seen how far this benefit can travel so hopefully this will become something that
3: that that helps 100% I couldn't agree more and I think also it highlights a little bit more than you've got your primary producer but then you have your other key workers and and people who feed into the industry as well and and the roles that they are playing so we do a bit on livestock transportation we talk about auction marts we talk about the people who glue the 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 whole food chain if you like together and I think when you are um considering where your food comes from and you're buying it locally, it does make you think, well, what are the food miles? Who's been produced? How seasonal is this? And I think it's great if we can make sure that people can keep some of these behaviours going past lockdown. I think that would be even better. And to give people a bit more of a a sample of the width and breadth of um, learning that we do within RET, on the 18th and 19th of June, so when the, the Highland show would be in full swing, we're having our own online food and farming extravaganza. We'll invite people to take part in some pre-recorded sessions. We're hoping to get some live footage going on as well. Oh, wow. I might be making a scone. <laughs> yeah, so um, it'll be a real mixture over the two days. And again, it's that going back to that collaboration that we mentioned earlier. So we'll have some volunteers um, giving us some content on strawberries, but we'll also be looking at having some uh, quizzes and competitions.
0: This sounds great, Katrina. I've been wondering how I'm going to fill my four days when I should be at the Highland Show and it sounds like you've just filled two of them for
3: me. So can you tell us a bit more about what's going to be happening? Oh, I'm so glad to hear that, Anna. Then we know we've at least got one person coming along. Um, Oh, yes. (laughs) We're going to be running a, I suppose, what you like, a bit of a timetable of different activities during the Thursday and the Friday when People, We would normally have schools coming through the Discovery Centre yeah. doors. We are going to be running quite a few sessions with our partners and our stakeholders out there already. So we're speaking to some of the salmon producers, for example, who usually are in the corner of the centre just as you come in on the left. We keep them near the door just to let the air circulate freely. And we're hoping to get some footage from, from them, from the salmon producer side of things to to share the story about seafood in scotland so when we think about ret it is food and farming but it's also the wider of course so we've got forestry in there as well and every year we've had in in the center there's this the simulator cab which you can go and fell trees and i must say i'm a bit of a fan of playing with that one when the the doors get closed if i'm allowed (laughs) um but we're we're working with um our colleagues there within the forestry to see can you put some activities together and it might be something around bug hunting for example so it's just about what can you do with what you have access to we want to make sure that we're not expecting people to go out and buy lots of equipment that they can open their door or go when they're out for their walk is there something they can actually do at home with their family so we run a very I would say, a great sensory activity every year within the cookery theatre. Speaking from experience, the smells that come from there are, are second to none. Oh, I bet. So we're trying to recreate... <laughs> they are. You, you kind of get hungry about 10 o'clock. It's a long day sometimes. But the, the sharing of the recipes, and we're hoping to do, if it's not a live cook-along, it'll be a pre-recorded cook-along that people can go to the rep website... And on there will be a virtual classroom type of idea, where I think we're using Google accounts to help us host this. Something to do with soil science, because we love getting soils involved when we we have things on at the show as well, to remind people that without soil, you don't often get... uh, Well, it's hydroponics, obviously, sorry. (laughs) But uh, without soil, you don't get your, your, your food production in the way that we traditionally view it. So making sure that we cover other areas of food and farming um, we've got an ask the farmer session in there as well hopefully it's a little bit of something for everybody um, without it being a school day it's uh, hopefully we'll try and get a little bit get a bit of the show essence in there there won't be the same uh, f- jostling at the door to get in thankfully and uh, people will be able to sign up um, in advance if you head along to the RET website, That you'll find there's a link there that people can ask for an email reminder to be sent. I know that I like a reminder at <laughs> the best
0: of Oh yes, always need a reminder. So <laughs> we'll give you a
3: bit of a countdown, Anna, so you'll be able to... <laughs>
0: yeah, oh that's amazing. And um, well, yeah, my kids will just love it and you're right what you said, you know, when we've been doing our RET activities, at no point did either of them Uh, Only one of my daughters is old enough for school, but at no point did she even kind of twig that this was kind of part of sort of school activity. For her, it was just a bit of fun. Whereas sometimes when we're doing our uh, our numeracy, you know, from the classroom, she's a bit like, "Oh, do we have to do schoolwork now?" So I think that's it because it's it's brilliantly disguised. You know, we did, as as you heard at the beginning of the episode, we did. Butter making, and they, they learnt something. I learnt something, and they really enjoyed it. So I think, bring it on! It's amazing.
3: And I think, uh, listening back to the clip, your your daughters certainly were having fun, and I think, when you come to the Discovery Centre during the the Highland Show, or you come along to a food and farming event, you hear this sound of learning, this buzz, this excitement. And you're quite right, it doesn't always feel like traditional learning. And that's one of the reasons our growing projects are so successful. So if you're doing the potato growing project, which doesn't have a particularly snappy picture in your head, as a teacher, you can then start to look at it and think, well, there's a bit of maths involved in here. And you can then get ICT, your computer skills involved in here. But you can also then talk about climate, which is a, a huge topic for For young people hearing, they hear a lot about it on news, but it is covered a lot in classroom now about our responsibility as consumers and as uh, custodians of of the, the planet as well. What can we do? So if they're thinking about water needs to grow potatoes in a bag in their school, and if they're then able to... Sort of multiply that up and think about it or watch some of the videos of potatoes being planted or even better get them out to farm and actually get into the field and, and see the tatties growing there that learning experience ticks so many boxes and it's experiential learning so it kind of lands somewhere in your memory and especially if you're using your senses, if your hands are getting mucky, that triggers memories and it's a way of of your brain and, and just triggering an interest as well. You never know, the girls might start making might making butter for your scones every weekend now, Anna.
0: <laughs> yeah, you never know. And um, you've, yeah, you've not heard the clip yet, but um, we were learning not just about butter, but, but what worms eat and why worm poo. And of course, the, the, talking about worm poo created much hilarity in our kitchen. It's not moving very much, but it's definitely alive. Earthworms are the farmer's friend because they suck up. The, the way they eat... Oh, there it goes. Look. They eat the soil and they suck it up and they mix it and digest it inside their bodies. And then when they poo out... <laughs> the poo is brilliant for fertilising the soil because it's all been mixed up and digested, so it keeps the soil fertilised. Plants need good nutrient soil to grow as well as other things like sun and water.
1: But,
0: but where are the worms' bottoms? Oh, at, what, at one end but I'm not sure which end actually. <laughs> do you like them? Yeah. Or do you think they're yucky? Yummy. They like them. Daddy likes them, doesn't he? Because they're good like for them. his soil. I like accidentally <laughs> said <so>
4: they're
1: yummy.
0: They're <laughs> no, not yummy, no.
1: Yeah.
0: And all of those ideas we got you know, as part of the rep resources, so um, it's something that can continue long beyond lockdown. And I think that's the beauty of it as well. But um, before we talk about the future, it would be great actually to go back. You know, Grierson Dunlop told us on that clip that his his father was uh, involved with the Royal Highlands Agricultural Society many years ago when RET was first formed. Now, I know you weren't there back then, but um, can you tell us a little bit about the the history of RET and you know why was it set up and, and whose brainchild was it and and what were its kind of original goals?
3: Yeah, you're right. I wasn't with RET at the time, but I was certainly involved in, in food and farming at the time. And I think it, or it was in 1999 that it was formally established. And it was probably a really great time for a group of people who genuinely believe that there's a lot that young people can benefit by visiting the working countryside. They're a wee bit ahead of their time in in some respects now that we we hear an awful lot more about using the outdoors as a classroom. And that's certainly something that we'll hear more of, um, I would say, say in the next few years when we come out of the other side of, of lockdown, for example. To generate or to create a charity that would... Encourage the truth around food and farming and the people behind it. But for that to be, if you like, energised and propelled by volunteers has been part of the success of RET. You know, the, the model is really unique within a, a worldwide context. Other people in other countries have tried to st- start a, a similar type of programme, but it tends to be coming from the top down. Where RET really excels is the the passion um, that Jimmy Dunlop, for example, that we've heard of him telling other farmers, well, why are you not involved with RET? They're great. You know, these kids are going to be your customers. They could end up working on your farm. It's your responsibility. You you know it all. Share it. Share what you know. And it's not for everybody. Goodness me, I wouldn't expect uh, farmers up and down the country to start saying, yeah, I'll have kids on my farm. No problem. We understand that that's it's not for everybody, but over the last twenty years, REt has moved uh, and moulded, if you like, to fit in with what the teachers need as well within the classroom. And when the Curriculum for Excellence was introduced into Scotland, it really played so beautifully into this, using the outdoors as a classroom and not just thinking about maths in terms of you know sitting in front of a, a jotter. It's about getting that cutting bar in a shed and getting the child to actually pace it out with the size of their feet. Well, how big is Kirsty's foot? You know, get the ruler out and, and look at these things when you get back and how many times does it need to go up and down this field compared to your playing fields back at school. So Rhett has been uh, really successful at harnessing the... That passion that I keep talking about from the volunteers, but also being able to distill that into practical resources for teachers, but also for training teachers as well. So when RET was first established, it was about, you know, getting kids out to the farm. And that still remains one of our top priorities as to, as I like to call it, wellies on the ground, because... That's where you're gonna learn. Yeah. And it's that memory, it's the sensory experience, the sounds, the smells. I mean, that's obviously the one that we <laughs> oh, <very laughs> hear important. that the comment smells, yeah. quite <laughs> a lot of what is that smell? And you try you try and lighten up and say, you know, silage <laughs> is basically chocolate for cows, but they, they just don't believe me. Um why would they? But I think the um the people who established right and those who you know, there's a lot of people involved in RET's establishment back in 1999 are still playing a role within RET now and they're bringing other members of their family or members of their community into keeping it going so that at a local level they're able to engage with their primary and secondary schools and making sure that that connection doesn't just get um, lost or you rest on your laurels you keep going and you keep trying to think of different projects or different ideas in, in your local area. So, yeah, I think the, the the insight that they had about creating this free resource has meant that more than often we have more requests for farm visits than we can physically carry out because of um, a lack of hours in the day more than anything. But sometimes it can be that there are not enough farms within uh, commuta- commutable distance for, for some schools.
0: And now, you know, you've mentioned a number of times and and a lot of RET resources wouldn't reach the children that that you want them to reach if it weren't for the teachers who are using them. So uh, we've got a clip coming up now from a teacher, so we'll play that to you if that's okay, and then we'll have a wee chat about it once you've heard it.
2: My name is Alison Bankier and I am a home economics teacher in East Kilbride. A lot of the kids there aren't connected to uh, where their food comes from and the land RETs invaluable for any other teacher who wouldn't come from a background, a farming background to be able to teach this topic. It's part of the Scottish curriculum that in Home Economics we teach a unit of work called Farm to Fork. It's often scary sometimes when you start the Farm to Fork topic and you begin to to ask questions like, where did this you know, wheat seed grow? or I've even got some kids who don't know the seasons, who can't name me the four seasons. And then even in the senior phase, across practical cookery and in health and food technology, we've got a unit of work that's all about sustainability, uh, local produce, seasonal produce. To be able to teach that, we need Rhett. We couldn't probably do it without Rhett. And then all the links that they've got to other food education partners, Quality Meat Scotland and such, they are all kind of food education partners that give that unbiased, clear, accurate information about Scotland and how Scottish farmers farm. I really don't know how any teacher would be able to teach those unit works in school accurately without Rhett's knowledge and, and their input really.
0: So, Katrina, I I think the word
3: that struck me there was invaluable. Oh, I'm having a big reaction. It's just lovely to hear, you know, that honest, if you like, um, view of how Rhett is seen through somebody else's eyes just makes it all incredibly worthwhile, especially... Just now when you're trying to work from home and homeschool and uh, you think, am I still doing an OK job? We're hopeful that we'll be here in another 20 years time still striving to give those um, impartial stories around food production in Scotland to the audience. And it might be absolutely more online, but um, it's great to hear from, from a teacher, especially just now.
0: Yes, exactly. To 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 make makes you feel that the hard work is, is all worthwhile. Absolutely. (laughs) So, I suppose the messages now, please add to this if I'm missing anything, but the messages for for teachers and for parents please engage with the REP resources online. Please do engage on the 18th and 19th of June for these amazing two days of, of interactive learning and participation. Oh, and for farmers listening, of course, if they think at all that they might be able to contribute by being a volunteer, I I guess you'd love to speak to them as
3: well, Katrina. I'd love to speak to them. I'd love to speak to anybody who has any ideas of some videos that we could share with people. Please get in touch. Keep an eye on our social media. You know, being a part of this podcast has been just brilliant. Uh, I could talk about Rhett all day if I got the chance. So thanks for kind of uh, reining me in and keeping the questions coming as well. But I think the what I would like to just sort of say that... It- it's, it's tricky for people just now and getting in touch with people and the way that RET operates has completely changed and we're just hopeful that when schools and nurseries open again and even though if it's a phased return, there will be opportunities for us to get back to business and provide that essential food and farming learning that we know that young people can get so much from, whether it's an insight into the careers that are out there within farming or if it's just a different type of um food production that they didn't know about so here's to the future
0: (laughs) so katrina thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day to speak to us we're going to be doing our very best to get loads of people listening to this podcast so hopefully it'll keep you busy and uh really looking forward to
3: joining in on the the virtual Rhett tent uh, towards the end of June. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Anna. It's been great to, to speak to you and to share some of the work that Rhett's been doing. So thank you very much. It was really
0: lovely to sit down and speak with Katrina. I've got to know her quite well over the last few months. And uh, she's so passionate about the work of Rhett and everything she does. So i uh, really, really pleased to speak with her. Uh, you can find out more about Rhett on their website, which is uh, org dot It was also great to get news uh, hot off the press of the new plans for lots of live online activities on the 18th and 19th of June which is the Thursday and Friday of when the Highland show should be taking place. I will definitely be getting involved in that with my two girls. There are lots of ways to support and donate to Rhett including the On Farm's very own sheer isolation lockdown haircut challenge. Um, just search for the hashtag sheer isolation on social media or on the just giving uh website and you can find out how you can get involved thank you very much for listening uh, and thank you to, to ras for being our partners on these this series of episodes of on farm please do get in touch and let us know your thoughts you can tweet us at on underscore farm uk